I am unashamed. What about you? This pine pollen is uh, started hitting here in Louisiana. Have you noticed it on your? Oh you? yeah, a lot of it. Well, the problem is people like me. Uh, we are. I am an allergy sufferer. We talked about suffering in the last podcast. Yep. Uh, I've had it my whole life. I guess I get it from mom because you don't really have the issue, right? None at all. So it's just it's brutal year round because we live in a place really not fit for human habitation. <laughs> Uh, it's a place of extremes. It's a place of extremes. Water, There's a lot pollen, of stuff here that will hurt you. Weather, <laughs> that critters. desires to hurt you. And and then you got a guy like me. I should be living in Arizona or somewhere where the air, Colorado or something probably. But, you know, we're from here. We're tough. We just kind of deal with it. So I had to stop by on the way out here this morning. We were a little late getting started because I had to get two shots in the buttocks. Is about twice a year it gets so bad just with headaches that I have to go get it, you know, like a reception yeah. shot and some steroids. So I'm feeling a lot better sitting here, but I, mean, I woke up this morning, you know, my eyes just red, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's rough. So, so last night I experienced something I've never experienced. So at the, at White's Ferry Road, we screened, we pre-screened a movie that's releasing next week and it's called Roe versus Wade. And so it's about, you know, what happened, the, the whole Supreme Court trial, the whole deal. It's got some really big-name actors in it, um, you know, so it's it's well. So we were pre-screening that because Lisa and I, you know, were heavily involved in the pro-life movement. And uh, But what was ironic about it, so I was kind of hosting it. We had people come in from the community, a lot of people from our church. We had about 200 people in the Fellowship Center to watch the movie. And now, you know, we got these new digital screens, so it looks – Yeah, they're really amazing. It looks really great. So – but – the thing about what's different about this is I'm in the movie. I have, oh, this is your one. This was the one I talked about a long time ago. Finally, it took a long you're time. You're like, you don't last long, right? Well, I just have two. Well, don't, don't, don't uh, ruin it. No, 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 no. I, spoiler I, alert, Al. I, it's okay. I have two scenes in the movie. So I, I play the attorney who uh, connected Norma McCorvey, who was the Jane Roe in the Roe yeah. versus Wade. I connected her with Planned Parenthood. And the movie is really amazing because it just gives you the behind the scenes on what happened with that whole thing. What what amazed me was I got thinking about it, you know this this is a, a Supreme Court decision that in our lifetime is the one that has the biggest one that's affected our culture. I mean that's pretty fair to say, right? I mean, oh, so terrible decision. Here's what's amazing about it because of obviously who controls media and all that. You realize there's never been a movie made about the Supreme uh, Court decision. I didn't know that. Never. There's been one miniseries, because I researched it when I was going to be in this movie, because I wanted to make sure, you know, I was, that it was something. On the I, right side of things. Yeah. I, I want to make sure it was something I want to put my name in. Yeah. I've had so many contacts, after, you know, post our little duck show about, you know, because I want to be in a Western. Yeah. Which I'm still waiting. I had one come up, and I was like, I don't care if I die in the first five minutes. Right. I just want to come riding up on the horse and say, you know, howdy. But or, or whatever you know, but most of the ones I've gotten are just I just can't do this, right. you know. Well, it, so so in this one, it's, uh, my scene. So I had two scenes that I filmed, and one's about in the middle of the movie, and so that was in there. I was kind of worried because I thought, you know, a movie's made where they cut scenes all the time if it doesn't quite fit. So I said, I've told the whole church and all these people I'm in this movie, and we <laughs> we watch it, and I'm not in it. I mean, it was it was a possibility because I'd never seen the the film. With it, so I'm in the the my talking part, my lines, 
that's in there because he's kind of you know they're they're describing they're basically getting together and figuring out how they're going to hoodwink this pregnant woman and was, which is what they did. And I mean, did you sadly, practice your lines? Or? Yeah, I did. Uh, Carly, oh, wow. Carly went with me, and she was my little acting coach. Did you, know? you like put it in your own words, or did you? No, you got to like because the hit, that's the difference. Yeah. So I'm pretty good at just you know ad lib, and that's what we did on Duck Dynasty. But when you've got to like everybody's marking off of you doing it right, and these are professional people. Yeah, I'm just Al, you know. So I was super intimidated about even doing the scene because oh, you got to become the person <laughs> well i stretched you know? myself as an actor days because yeah. playing this attorney so i so i filmed that scene and then I, the other scene i filmed which was a couple weeks after um this guy he gets murdered this attorney executed actually and so they they wanted to film that the, him, and if someone killed him, someone killed him did they find out they, they still don't know there's a man in prison for doing it but they still don't know the motive at all look and the the attorney that I played was a homosexual, so the story was is, is some kind of lover's tryst. But I don't who ever heard of a lover's tryst when somebody marches somebody out of on the field and shoots him three times in the back. So I don't know about that, but anyway, it's still controversial as what happened to it. So we filmed that scene, but instead of getting shot in the back for dramatic effect, they shot me in the front. So they call it in the movie business they call it getting squibbed. Oh, you died in the... Oh, yeah. Did you have, like, exploding Yeah, blood? So, so there's a guy just off camera. I was wondering how they did that. He's got the remote control, and in my shirt, they, they put this pat, the two patches, I mean, like packets of blood or what looks I mean, like Is blood. this rated R? You know, I don't even know. Oh. It may be. It's 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 a rough movie to watch because well, it's about abortion. Your chest is exploding. And, yeah, but yeah. well, but I'll get to that in a minute. So so anyway, the guy comes up and he marches me out there, and and I get down on my knees, and then he's got a gun and he's just pow pow. He shoots me twice. What well, that guy hits the thing because you only had two shots at this. <laughs> they had two blood packs, so something screws up. Is there a budget issue or something? Well, yeah, this is probably on a. <laughs> this thing is not a multi, but it's a. It's a. I think this was a six million dollar production. But anyway, bam bam, and then I just. Then we talked about how do you you know what would happen. I'm down on my knees because they you wanted just me. Just should have sold out and just oh, face planted. Well, I did, and so because okay. they would say go back, but I said, well, I'm on my knees. You really wouldn't go back, would you? So we had this little discussion about what to do. So I basically just. So I but anyway, the, but that didn't make the movie. And so, oh, it didn't. No, I was super disappointed. So, you know, because I had told the church, you know, I'm going to get shot in the movie, and then it never happened. And so I thought, well, all right. So I got up afterwards and I kind of closed this out. And I I said, well, I didn't get shot. So, so I wonder if you could get that footage for your own personal. He sent it to me. Yeah. So I I got on the phone last night. Well, actually, I tweeted something about the movie. And then Nick, who's the director and the star of the movie, who worked on Torchbearer with us, we we met him. That's how I got to know him. And, um, he so I so he he texted me. He said, "Hey, are you at the premiere?" And and I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, I'm I'm there." And I was like, "You're at my church?" And he was like, "Oh, I'm in Covington, Louisiana." They had one in Covington, oh, I, <laughs> so he was there. So anyway, uh, he said, "Man, I, I, I that the de- your death scene." He called it his Oliver Stone moment because he said it looks really cool. And uh, he said I had to cut it because they they test these movies to audiences. And because the guy's only in one scene, like even with narration, they were like, who, who is it? Like, why did he yeah. get killed? It was confusing. 
Uh, so he finally, so he just, he had to cut. He said, but it was, or it just may have been a nice way. You should have just like <laughs> or, got shot and you just should have started running. <laughs> like I refuse to die. Then, then I mean, yeah, I was like, I, I should have had more. I should have sold out more on the, but anyway, it didn't make the movie. But yeah. so he said, do you want to see it? And and, he, and so he sent it to me today. So we will get to look at it well, uh, that's, anyway. That's messy. But it was, I mean, it was a, it was a great experience just be, you know, and I've been around enough sets cause I was doing the show, but it was, it's uh it's a little bit different. You know, but the, like John well, Voight's in it, the the whole Supreme court, the nine justices, if you watch the movie, they're all well-known actors. You know, you, you recognize them. These guys that are there. So they are all in the project, which was really good. It's a pro-life movie. You know, have to check you know it out. It, it's really good. So it, it releases you, on good Friday, April 2nd, nationwide. Uh, so I don't know, with Corona, I don't know how many theaters it'll be in, all that. I'm sure. Look, the Corona restrictions, I, I saw somewhere, I've spent a lot of time in waiting rooms and, you know, whatever the news is on, you don't have, you can't change the channel. But uh, I did I did see something that it said breaking news. The CDC, in some instances, have gone from six feet to three feet. Yeah. And I thought, what? How do we get to these decisions? Because none of this is practical. Look, I've been in a hospital for days, and like in the elevator, I was in an elevator that was about six by six, and they have signs everywhere that says, keep six feet apart. Well, I'm like, I can't make myself any smaller. We're I'm in Slim the corner. Profile, soldier. People come in. And it's like, well, you know what? <laughs> what do we do? Get in your corner, but you're in an elevator, and I, I mean, three feet. I wasn't getting within three feet of people before the coronavirus. <laughs> you just didn't want to be that close. Well, I don't. It's called a space invader. <laughs> the coronavirus. <laughs> I saw it coming, and I did exactly what I've always done. Drive to town once a week, come back. They canceled that. Can't do that anymore. So who, who canceled that? The government. Oh. <laughs> it's the government, boys. You can no longer meet <laughs> well, in, a, in a group. I said. I feel like I've... I said. Well, the text has loomed large. When Jesus said, "Where two or three of you are gathered in my name, I'll be there." Yep. Yeah. So that's the, that's what we one. did. I just actually retreated a little further. Then I'd already retreated. Yeah. But Jace makes a good point. So we're a year into this, and all of a sudden it's like, you know what? We said six feet. Eh, we really meant three. Well, well, yeah, I'm yeah, like, follow who, the science. Are, you know, so we are, can, are we sitting around <laughs> having meetings about this over three feet? I mean, it's not, I, I just don't believe I'm I would a, say I baptized about 100 people, maybe 150. It's, that. it's so, been us. Now, those hundred could have given it to that's you. That's what I'm but, saying. And look, I've made us. We're, we're within, and you not only it, are we we're within three feet, wow. I have my hands on the back of their, their, their head and, their, their, and I'm clasping well, right. their hands in front and I push them down in some water and they come forth. And I, for some reason, I, I, if I, one I, of them I had escaped had it, it. But, escaped but Phil, it. here's the bottom line. There are some things, and this is what the left side of this argument don't understand. There's, we, we believe there's a God, and he's real, and he's all-powerful, and we'll try to—I think most spiritual people have tried to 
work as a good American citizen. We right. we live in the world. We've tried to abide by the rules. However, there are a few things that I'm willing to risk my life for. And if I'm going to go to an event where there's a thousand people who are risking their life, quotation, yep. over here in Jesus, yep. I, you know what? I'm there. And that's probably how I got it. That was my I, mind. I mean, and I'm yeah. going in airplanes and, you know, right. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm basically going around because I just feel like I've got to make a spiritual decision here. I'm trying to stay within the parameters, but, you know, if someone wants to be baptized, I'm not going to say, oh, I would love for, you know, yeah. to get you to reenact the death, burial and resurrection and we go to heaven together and, but we got this little hey, rule can't. that I can't get within three feet of you. It's going to be hard to baptize you without getting getting close. So I heard about, let's take a break. One of the things that's changed in the business world, I've noticed, is the LLC. You know, ever since you've been able to start a business. So now most of, probably all of us at the table, I mean, I have at least, I think, three different yeah. businesses that I own. So in the old days, when you started a business, it was just incorporation was all you could do. And so, you know, you wouldn't think about owning multiple businesses, but now because of tax reasons, it becomes an easier way to do it. But one of the problems is when you have a lot of small businesses is that if those businesses begin to grow and you get employees, then you got HR problems because you got all these requirements. You know, now that we have a new administration, we're going to have more regulation. So you got to deal with all that. They put all these rules on you. And it's hard to do. I mean, it's seventy grand to hire a you know HR manager. So there's a company that sponsors our podcast called Bambi B A M B E E, and basically for ninety nine dollars a month, they give you a a HR manager by phone or email or real time chat. So it's month to month, no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. So you can go to Bambi dot com slash Robertson, get a free HR audit. So they'll tell you what you need. Uh, and then they can start helping you. That's Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash Robertson. I heard about some churches, Jace, that drain their baptistries because they were like, we're not going to baptize. And, and That's unfortunate. Nonsense. And, That's unfortunate. And when I heard that, I thought, man, because I'm with you, Jay. And I said this from the beginning. Look, if I get it, and even if I die from it because we got some criticism from some of our listeners that we all just aren't taking this serious enough it's like no i'm taking it serious. we're taking it serious and i realize that people have lost their life so, and i hate that and for look anybody. and al and i think there should been there should have been more talk about if you're in a high risk profile right they should have tougher restrictions that's right nobody talks about that no i'm like you know, if you're over seventy, which I didn't have to tell you that because you you got it. You you're 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 already been isolated from society. Do you realize that about two thirds of all the coronavirus deaths in the U.S. were in nursing homes? Yeah, yeah two thirds. Which yeah. is, I mean, you know, which is unfortunate, unfortunate sad, but, but but I'm telling you to your point. Yeah, that should have been nine one one on the nursing homes yep. from day well, one. Look, we lost yep. Missy's grandma. Yeah, and, and look, she followed every procedure that there was to follow and she still got it which is what nobody on the other side of the argument they're not addressing that i'm like we played by the rules and she still got it so it you know i think in 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 all of these things it's just like any other thing in life there's some common sense to be applied and you just do the best you can but you know at a macro level i think one we we talk about positives from the pandemic and we talked about what we've been able to do, our live stream and reaching people. And you just mentioned hundreds of people have come to Christ, thousands yep. maybe because of yep. uh, 
because all of a sudden it's like yeah, the world's upside down. But one of the things that's happening, I think, that's going to be a real positive down the road is the federal government has amassed so much power in, in D.C. that that's not what the founders intended. The, the idea of the republic was the states would have the power. So yeah. I think one of the things that this has done at a macro level is that it's allowed states to run their states again. Because you'll have a guy like Newsom in California with very draconian restrictions and still still is. And then you got DeSantis down in Florida who's basically just been wide open for a pretty good while. And look, their numbers are, are the same. That's right. So it, it's proving the fact that you don't have, just because somebody in some place says something, that in our state we're not going to do it that way. And that's what the founders really intended for the country to be. Less concentrated power, because they want to get away from that monarchy, yep. and more in the state. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a positive. It's going to come out of the pandemic. I really do. Yep. You know, so yep. that'll be one of the many things, but... Anyway, I don't know. I guess it's, we're over a year now into it, and you're still talking about it because it still affects so many people's you're lives. You're talking about it because they're saying go from six to three. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's just wear two masks now or three. So forget about one, Dad. Now they're, now they're encouraging not, you to wear two. I mean, look, here's what I know. There are some people in our world who are space invaders, and they're the ones that need to back off because I don't like it when somebody – you know, there's a couple of people at our church now. You know who they are. Oh, yeah. Because they come up, and now they have a mask on, but I can smell yesterday's coffee because <laughs> the guy is like six inches from my ear. That's right. And I'm like, I try to position my feet to where he, but he's just climbing all over me because they, they're space invaders. <laughs> and they don't realize they have that problem. Yep. But I'm like, you need to listen to the CDC. <laughs> And you have a sign, so three feet there, brother. So that's the pot. I was trying to be pot. That's the positive of having this feet because there are a lot of people who have a problem, yeah. you know, pre pandemic that were space invaders. And anything that'll get those people to back off is I, I'm, I welcome. And it's the little things like you're on a plane, the flight attendant has a mask on, you got a mask on, she, she, you, she can't hear you, I can't hear her. Well, right. It's just, I mean, <laughs> It's just the 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 line. Well, it's got to where I don't, and I used to not mind fly. I don't like flying, but I don't mind it, and it gets you there quicker. So I was like, I'm in flight mode, but now I'm just. It's just a miserable experience in the airports. Half the things are shut down. You know where you used to could go in and get you something to eat. No, you know it's just like ugh, it's just yeah, it's tough. It's I mean, made it tough it, on everybody. It's been, t- it's been tough. Now, hopefully, we're coming out now. Well, it was tough in the days of the Roman Empire too. Acts chapter 12, we've got friction, we have friction, we have friction, they're throwing people in prison for talking about Jesus, hmm, sound familiar, Jace? So, Jace, so when you were gone, one of your, one of the, your, your fill-ins was, uh, we had Caledon, and um, he had preached Acts 10 and 11, and you and dad had talked, when I dropped out of the podcast a couple of weeks ago, y'all had talked about Acts 10, which basically brought in the gospel to the Romans, like Dad said, to the Gentiles with Cornelius. And it was interesting what we talked about, Jay's in, in between, and today we can get to 12, was in chapter 11 that the, the church, the Jerusalem church, they were not happy at all about the, the news that now the Gentiles were in. That's correct. So when Peter went back, he had to basically retell the whole story and say, now, boys, this is, this is from the Almighty, because the same thing that happened on the day of Pentecost, just happened again. 
but I, uh, we, we, we talk quite a bit about change and, and churches and sometimes how that mindset, you get so locked in because, you know, th- we're talking about 10 years here, basically, or eight to 10 years have gone by. And so people already are starting to get rooted in the idea that this is the Jews only thing. Well, and so th- the Gentiles coming in caused quite a bit of friction. I think the key verse was in chapter 11, 17, where, where, you know, Peter, it finally, he realized yeah. that if God gave them the same gift as he gave us who believed in the Lord, who was I to think that I could oppose God? I mean, I just wish that fundamental principle would catch on today because yeah. hey, now we have hey, broken yeah. up every group of people yeah. into their own little camp. What went down here in Acts chapter 10 through 12, Al, is the solution to all form, any form of racism. Correct. That's it. Well, what did the, what did the orders from headquarters say? Said, You're all one. There's no favoritism between Jew, Gentile, another color, whatever. They're all one. We're all one. We're all one. This solves everything. I like it how And the they spirit, attack it to this day. Right. I like how the Spirit of God is used to bring people under that umbrella. Right. And he did the same thing in 1 Corinthians 12. We've all been given the same right. spirit to drink. You know, There's a pretty powerful uh, note <laughs> that God sent Peter. Yeah. Because Peter, you said, why did he pick him? Because he had, he had uh, leanings... Toward the old Jewish I'd say a little more than leanings, that's right. Yeah. Because remember when he got the vision, he didn't want to eat the food. Remember when he got into a little bind when Galatians, where yep. Paul called him off on the side? Which, he which, said, what's this separating over here? And you got your little cadre over here of Jews, but right. you, 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 you're not paying any attention to these Gentiles. What, what are you doing? And what's interesting, Dad, that happened on the timeline. That happened after this. Yeah. So it shows you that once you have a tendency sometimes, you tend to want to go back there. And so he was getting pressure from these Jewish Christian brothers to to ignore the Gentiles. And this Paul, is, and Paul this, called them out on it. This is the council culture at its worst. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right I mean, here. Oh, it, exactly. it popped in my head. When we moved out here, I was uh, going into the third grade. Now, we're talking, what, eight years old? <laughs> my first day of school up here at a school that I grew to love, you know, just out in the middle of the sticks. First day of school, I walk out there, recess. Guy come up, invaded my space, got a little close. I thought he's going, hey, how you doing? You know, we're You've been going. having this space invasion problem yeah. from the beginning. And about four guys lined up behind him in a line. And I thought, what do we got going here? And he just reached up and just slapped me uh, across the face. That's yeah. just exactly like an episode from Matt Dillon. <laughs> They walk into the bar. There's yeah. about one leader with yeah, 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 the loud mouth, and about four backing him up. Okay, here's what we and yeah. and Matt Dillon. He, they ain't called him in yet. They call him in. He puts a bullet in most of them usually, and yeah. then the show is over. Well, so I said, well, and there's coffee. Yeah. I said, why did you hit me? He said, because you're not from around here. Yeah, you're like, okay, here we go. And of course, I did the typical. You know, eight-year-old stunt. I said, "You better not do that again," which is a dumb thing to say. <laughs> or he may try it. Yeah. So he came up again, and then I just took off running because the yeah. only quality I had at eight fast. years up, I was fast. Yeah. And look, then they were so impressed at my speed that they didn't care where I was from. 
Racism even takes place if you're not but 10 years old. Well, cause, but I just thought, you know, we're reading this. Yeah. Here's you're not my, from around here. I'm, you're not from around here. So guess what? Welcome with a slap across the face. <laughs> what a welcome. And, and look, I will say this, that five years later, fast forward, five years later, that, that same fellow who slapped me, now we're getting older because, you know, in eighth grade, that school went to the eighth grade. Right. We had a guy come out there who had been, you know, we late, learned later had been in and out of foster care, but he's a little bigger, bigger fella. And this guy, he, he day one, welcome, he's still. He, welcome to Pancreas. Well, look, when he went to hit him, that guy ducked his head and KO'd <laughs> Mr. Welcome part. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about KO. Just the went lights down. went out and he just <laughs> fell over. Forget playing a scene in the. I mean, he is, and I thought he killed him. <laughs> and did, did it break up his going? Where'd you come from? You not from around here? Hang yep. on, hang on, Jess. Let's take a break. So, Jess, you were talking about the uh, the stress of driving in a big city, which yeah. is I, it's probably nothing I do is more stressful than that. You know, you have to go through one of them. It's just, I mean, I have to literally gear up you know, to be ready for, for going through there. I can't imagine doing it every day. With all these reasons to be stressed out, one of the things we are not stressed out about is losing our hair, uh, at least at this table. Uh, you know, we've been blessed by having pretty good hair. I got a little bit of ball spot starting on the top, but we're, you know, it could be Dan, you know, which... You quit using the terminology that makes you pull your hair out. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to be losing it that way. So if you're uh, early male pattern baldness, uh, we've got a company that's been with us uh, almost the whole podcast, Keeps. And uh, basically what they do is help you keep your hair. They can't help you grow it back, so you got to get to them pretty quick. Uh, so they can help you go online, answer some questions. They're going take, You take pictures and show them. They have a doctor that reviews your information, and then they can get you started. So if you need these guys, it's keeps.com. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. You get 50% off your first order for being a listener to Unashamed. Keeps dot com slash door. And don't stress out about the hair. No, and an ironic. I, I didn't plan on you telling know what this happened, story. Jace? You know what happened? Yeah. Dylan rolled in. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so the look. The kid was Matt Dillon. Yeah. And so look, here, here's an, in an ironic twist. Years later, we get we get Missy and I get married. We lived in an apartment for a little while. Our first house that we bought, which wasn't very nice, <laughs> the my next door neighbor was that guy. Well, the well, same know. guy. Had he mellowed? He sat in a lawn chair and drank beer all day. And so I thought, you know what? <laughs> We're adults now. <laughs> I'm going to have to share Jesus with this fellow. And, yeah. and I actually believe in the couple of years that we sent there, I, you know, I don't, you hate to tell a story and say, oh, he turned, he came to Jesus, but he really listened and, and we had a good relationship and I shared, I poured Jesus in him. Did you ever say, do you remember the time you just slapped me? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just wondering if you went well, he there. Like, did you know, he ever say why he did that? He said he was just a bully. That's just what he did. And then I said, well, I remember that day in eighth grade when the old bully met a bigger guy, a bigger bully. What did he have to say about that? He said, you know, the lights went out. He's like, I woke up thinking, what in the world happened? I was like, oh, 
he sidestepped and come with a left hook because he was left-handed. See, and he didn't uh, didn't realize it. Southpaw. And I said, when he hit you, it looked like every bone in your body broke. Yeah. I said it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you said it right. It's because this kid had had to fight for his his life. I mean, that's what. That- no, it was rough. We we fought back then. You know, I remember getting in a little gang type fight in about the eighth or ninth grade, and and it was all that. It was just whatever was different about other people. And we were all white, but it's just whatever, yeah. wherever you're from. Yeah, I mean, it's just fighting. And then amongst, the other problem and, was the way they did the school back in our day was you went to eighth grade at this one school. Then you went to another school in the ninth grade. Then you went to another school in the 10th grade. And you know what's crazy? And every time you'd come in, you'd have to do these battles all over again. And look, the people like you fought with, you they were now your allies right. when you moved to the... That's why yesterday, out of the group of about 10 or 12 that uh, requested that I baptize them, I said, I preached the gospel to them, make sure they understood they had to put their faith in Jesus and what he's done for them, his death on a cross, his burial, resurrection. I gave them a powerful sermon, and they were from multiple states. Two of them I noticed when they when they walked, I was up in the baptistry, and as they, the men were coming down on one side and the women were on coming down from the other side where they get their baptismal clothes on. So a couple of them, I asked them, I said, son, how old are you? I saw one of them, the first one came down. I said, hmm, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't checking the age. I just was baptizing as they came forth. So the first one, I said, how old are you, son? He said, 13. And I told the brothers out there, the brothers were seated out there watching watching the, the, the new birth of these people. Right. I said, 13 years old. I said, you know, for you who are saying, well, I don't know, you know, that's pretty young. I said, I just, when he told me he was 13, I reeled back my life when I was 13. And I was kind of like Jason's talking about. I said, I did quite a bit of mischief at 13. Mm -hmm. I said, I I believe I knew what sin was, right and wrong was. I said, Mm -hmm. so come on in, son. So (laughs) I baptized him at 13. I said, close enough. It doesn't give an age on when you baptize somebody, but the bottom line was 13, young buck, I said, well, it's pretty obvious at that point when I always take people to Galatians 5. What is 13? Eighth, eighth grade, ninth in there? Yeah, eighth and ninth grade. Eighth and ninth grade. Yeah. Well, I, but Acts your five, little story gives a little momentum. Well, that, gives that, a little, that middle school is about where you start to figure some well, stuff out. You know? you know, what's weird is when I, when I you know, came to the Lord, I was, at, I was 14, and I always felt God called me to that age group because it was so difficult yeah. to live for Jesus at that age. You already feel awkward. And I was a, remember, I was a late bloomer, so I was so small. And, I mean, I came from a pretty rough group of By people. The way, I mean, look, I got whipped consistently. <laughs> I, I would stand up and fight, but get whooped. <laughs> so, Al, how do the atheists among us, I love them all, atheists, I don't care, but agnostic, whatever, I love yeah. them, point them to Jesus. But how do you explain that particular human characteristic when when children girls and boys when they turn about them early teenage years i always call it i said where'd all this where'd all this hostility come from where's yeah. where's all this stuff coming from it's a good point what's well, going and, on and here? true if you if you're what department in salt water put <laughs> in your conscience 
right and wrong, and they team up and form little groups. They begin to divide right before your very eyes. Think about it, Al, at a very young age. Right. But Jace, <clears throat> Jace made the point a minute ago, unity is a common cause because the same kids that were fighting – you put them in another setting where the other people are after them, and then we're together. That's correct. So, hey, look, the most it, fights I had with in my life was Willie. I'm talking <laughs> about physical alter, and it's been well documented. Your own to brother. The, to my own brother. But then you let Jace, we're one, back to Cain and Abel. Yeah, but you let one thing happen to him. Right. Oh, I was standing beside him. I'm like, no, you can't fight him. That you that's can't my take, job. You can't pick on my brother. Yeah, I, we're now. If you come at one of us, you come at all of. Them. But that's what we don't have in our society. Well, as you as know, a, Jace, as a whole, as you know? you know, the code back in the days, y'all remember it. No fighting. I said, you have disagreements. Okay. I said, but if it ever turns to blows, right. that's when I step in and the belt goes on all involved. Well, so I hate that, to tell you. Remember, Al, that was the code. <laughs> I hate no to tell No fighting you. in the house. The code was broken. <laughs> oh, tell me about it. Because <laughs> y'all weren't around much. Law, young lawbreakers, Jace. That's what y'all were, young lawbreakers. <laughs> let's, let's, take, let's take another break. <laughs> and, you know, but the, you mentioned that about whether it's atheist, agnostic, not just that, but it's just our, our culture today, the idea, you know, e pluribus unum, out of many one. I mean, the founders had the right idea, because look, everybody's coming here from other countries. Which is on our, our currency. Yeah, on some stuff, it's all over the place. Yeah. But th but now, it's in a weird way, I mean, we desegregated our society, which was a good thing, yep. and, and tried to build this unity. And I, I read just this week that one of the Ivy League schools are having seven different graduations. This group, the Asians, black mm -hmm. people, oh, white yeah. people. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're yeah. resegregating or trying to resegregate our society. It's the and craziest it's, thing. But it's I've because if you don't recognize good and evil, and like you said, and see it for what it is. I mean, it's just it's commonsensical. You see a kid, they're struggling That's with right. it. But if you're not willing to recognize that and admit it, that this is this is what happens. You got good and you got evil. Yeah, you got things that'll hurt you and you got things that'll help you. But they, when it's not recognized, when it's not taught, or it's not understood, then this is the sort they of have a word that, for it. They keep bringing up the word, but so far they haven't come up with a solution on bullying. Yeah. Well, if you teach children from the from the time they're that high, right, to love God and love their neighbor, if you instill that in them. No, 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 nothing. Or comes that all to people blood. are valuable. All people oh, yeah. are created them. But we just, I don't know if it's just a different mindset, Jace, but just like you said, I, I was bullied my whole 10th grade year when we got to Western Road because I was dating this girl that some other guy wanted. So he had this little band of thugs that every yep. day made my life miserable. But I thought about. It. I never told y'all. I never went to some person. I just, I just figured out how to. Oh, navigate it was it. a problem. Yeah. You know, bullying it, still it, is. Oh, it still it, is. It's yeah. just still a problem, which yeah. is, you know, that's why, you know, parenting and and having those, you know, if you can survive it, and this and right have, here, have a spiritual, you know, foundation. In Acts chapter ten, if you look at it, you say it's just older people misbehaving. Yep. And ostracizing themselves and each other. It's the right. same old story, division. Right. Right. That's the evil one. And that's why I said <laughs> we don't need to overthrow the government. We need to overthrow the evil one that's right. that begins to work in human beings when they get about 13. Well, and again, the, the original <clears throat> idea, the reason the Jews didn't want to have anything to do with the Gentiles was from God. 
several thousand years earlier. Yeah. Because when they went into these lands, he said, "You can't hang out with these people, the false gods, all that." So That's that right. was the rule that God gave them for their own benefit, trying to protect. But them. now we go thousands of years forward, and he's saying, "No, the Gentiles, people of faith, are are in." And the mystery of the gospel, Paul said, was that the dividing wall of hostility is torn down. Yep. And so that was the official role of the church. And so that's why this was so interesting. I think. Well, I think it all starts off with, you know, saying King Herod, he arrested them because why? They belong to the church. So that's they right. weren't, they're not like us. They're exercising their freedom to believe in God. And we're not going to tolerate it. That's right. That they're, they're different. And you thought you were free. No, you're not free. We, you're free to do what we tell you. Which, look, you still see the same veins in our culture today. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody, still, oh, in the name of freedom, you know, and next thing you know, you got all this long list of rules that unless you comply with, you know, we'll, we'll give you the consequences. And I, what I find more disturbing is that here's James. They, they put him to death. That's one of the sons what? of thunder. Yep. And he's the first of the original group to, to martyr, to die for the cause. Which is it was a big watershed moment. And I thought it was interesting too that Herod, you know, we hadn't heard about Herod since way back when Jesus, you know, so he's kind of been you know, yeah, what and, an and, instigator he was. Oh yeah. And so it, and the, my theory is is because remember the Jewish leadership, because the power structure is you got the Romans occupying, you got the Israel monarchs that had been broken into four, because this is a different Herod, by the way, than the one that, that uh, was when Jesus died. And then you've got the Jewish religious leadership. And they all had a certain amount of power, but they always had somebody above them. <laughs> you know, because the Jewish leadership couldn't just kill you for anything. But obviously they could kill you because I asked Stephen, right? Mm -hmm. So my theory is, is that when the Jewish leaders lost Saul, I mean, he converts to the cause. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden they have no teeth. You know, what are they going to do? They can't stop it. They kept trying to do yeah. something about it. So I, I think probably somebody from that group went up to this Herod Agrippa and said, you better, you know, you better get a handle on this thing. This thing's getting out of control because he just shows up. And the first thing he does, he kills one of the 12. Well, nobody then, had been and, that and then you notice in like verse four, they were going to make this, this trial public. It, it was all, and that's, you, you just kind yeah, of read between Peter, right? the lines that, they're motivating by fear. Yeah. Like, you cross, we'll kill you. Mm -hmm. And we're going to put you on public display. And they're trying to make a mockery out of their their faith in Jesus. Yeah, you think Peter was going to get a fair shake there in the old public no. trial? <laughs> I mean, and, it's a joke. But what's what I thought about here, too, is you, you don't, there's just one little sentence, and all of a sudden, this foundational father of, of our faith as a believer. Loses his life, you know. Stephen is, I guess, the the first recorded martyr. Right. Of course, he wasn't part of the original crew, but it it does seem inspiring that you have one. The whole chapter is devoted to the whole story is told, and here it's just one little sentence, and you're like, man. I mean, why would why would you know the the skeptic inside of you thinks, well, why why would God allow that to right. happen? Exactly. And that's what people tend to start thinking. But I think you got to realize the big picture of this, that even the, the times when God came in and saved these guys or kept them alive, well, you know, they all died. I mean, this is part of the life we live, and that's why Jesus 
conquered the grave and that you do your part. I love your point yesterday you made about the number of days. Yeah, I want to tell that. Uh, let's take our last break. So yesterday in my sermon, Dad, I talked about, <clears throat> I was preaching this text, and uh, I talked about Doyle Jennings, big boy. He got brain t- tumor, and it affected him. I don't know if you all remember, like he would laugh and cry, like he couldn't control yeah. his emotions. Because Let, of, as it time went on. Because he was a very like stoic, pretty serious guy. Great guy. And for some of you longtime listeners, this is the guy who got his way into our duck blind because he brought a, a whole ham <laughs> every day. Like 14 days in a row. <laughs> Nestled in his bull arm. He thought, oh, they took me because I brought a ham. So yeah. he brought one every day. And after about two weeks, Phil said, hey, you can hunt with us, but get off the ham. <laughs> Find how about else. a how about a turkey? <laughs> so so the big boy is Burley's dad. So we've talked about Burley before on the podcast, but big boy Jennings was all American at Oklahoma nose guard in the sixties, mm. wasn't it? I think he, he won bull. like three national champions. Oh, he, oh yeah. he was something. He was tough as nails. But anyway, so he got he got this cancer in his brain, and so I went and saw him in the hospitals. One of the last times he was still lucid enough to have a conversation. But he told me something I've never forgotten, and it really hits this context of what Jace was just talking about. He said, you know, Al, he had some verse. He found it in the Old Testament. I can't remember where it is, but he said whatever version it was, it said it had, had the phrase a certain number of days. And he, and he looked at me. He said, now, I just want to tell you right now. He's crying, you know. But he said, I want to just tell you, you know, this is probably it for me. You know, I have my run. I don't, I don't think the Almighty is going to deliver me from this. You know, it's just very realistic. And he said, but I realized that he gave me a certain number of days. And I look back on it, and I feel like, you know, I've always could have done a little bit more. He said, but you're young. He said, and you don't know how many days you got. Don't miss an opportunity, you know, with what you got here on the earth. And so I thought about that in this context because it seems, Jason's right, it seems unfair that one of the sons of thunder, which, by the way, you remember – the, their mom came to Jesus and says, one needs to sit on the right and one on the left. Mm-hmm. Talking about these two. And and he looked at him and Jesus said, can you drink the cup that I'm going to drink? And they were like, we can. And he said, oh, you will. And so, you know, that was a little bit of a, you know, that was a hint yeah. right there. And so he was the first one. He had a certain number of days. And then that was well, it. Well, yeah, there's a scripture in Old Testament all about the days are numbered, and and even when he says we're he we're God's uh, created workmanship, it you know he said and he has the days numbered. Right. I'm sure. I think that's in Psalm 137, and you know God is referred to several times as the Ancient of, of days. days. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's not. He his d- days and time does not affect him because he created it. You read Peter that. said a thousand years is like a day to God. Yeah, and and the even in Genesis he created the concept of time Correct. with day and night, but he uses that for for us because even when you fast forward to the day he comes back, it says for he has set a day. Yeah, and I think that. That's in First Thessalonians five four, and that day shouldn't surprise you because you remember that chapter started off saying about times and dates. I don't need to write you, right? And you're like, well, why is why why are you making a big deal of it? Because really, everybody has a calendar. God is familiar with everyone's calendar, and it every day uh, it's literally crossed off. Right. There's only a certain amount of days, no matter what. Well, you know what was so, happening. So why the- are people getting on the other side of it saying, well, I can't believe 
this happen? He had another point. What? He said, now he, God, has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to do away with sin by the sacrifice of himself. Then he says, just as man is destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once, to not to, to take away sins of many people. And he appealed a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting on him. That's right. pretty well covered. Well, it. and the problem is... This the, is a short run, a lot by of these, the way. A lot of these first century churches and people, when they said that, they said, oh, well, so they were just quitting work and just waiting. Oh, they yeah. thought he was going to show up any day. So, you know, Paul keeps saying, you got to work. You got to you got to make the most of your opportunity. All those texts, he was challenging, because look, we're 2,000 years later. But if you put it in God's timing, that's two days. Oh, yeah. yeah. See what I'm saying? It I just mean, shows you that throughout the history of time, people have hippie tendencies. That's right. Because that's what the same thing happened. They're like, oh, we're just going to stop life, go out. <laughs> Smoke some weed, make love, not and, war. Yeah, and just all that after about and five, all these people after, working and all that, let them run. Yeah. We out here in the middle just watching them all day. Right? <laughs> after about five days, when you can't find a toilet or what, you know, you're yeah. like, you know, maybe I ought to go get a job. <laughs> I mean, it, it just, but that's, but you know what, Jay? It's so much a part of our culture now. I noticed there's a, a commercial that, that I forgot who it was, but it was a deodorant commercial of all things. And there's this guy, and he's in the basement. His parents are there. They're Asian. And it's like, you know, get out of the basement. And then he puts the deodorant on, and then it, the, all of a sudden, he he's, his parts of his body start disappearing. He's a fireman. And then he's, like, he goes up through the floor and said, this is the way out of your parents' basement was <laughs> the deodorant. And I thought yeah. to myself, now our culture is so used to having people that won't work that are living in their parents' basement that they're making commercials about yep. I mean, that's when you know. That's the ultimate yeah, reflection. So I think the greater point, though, is that God is greater than the calendar. I mean, we, we went yeah, through that good. whole concept. That could be a lesson right there. I mean, you just think about all the stuff in the Bible about times and dates, and he's like, and it was created. He's not on the timeline. He created the timeline. He, he created the calendar. So that's why it's not, we don't get upset. I mean, sure, we look at something like this that happened to James, and we're like, man, you know, I hate that that happened. Because we're all like, well, that was that was him. It wasn't me. But one day that's going to be me. And if yeah. it happens in the name of Jesus or if it just if it just happens. And he fixed it to where time is predicated on him. Right. His arrival, his departure, you're like, He's our time. He's the marker of time. That's right. why that, that's I, a little insight right there. You said, I wonder why we all count time by Jesus. Well, y'all have pretty well discussed why. I hate to bring this up because I bring it up so much, but that Hebrews 13, 8, that's why he that's said right. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If yep. you would just meditate on that for two <laughs> minutes every morning for the rest of your life, yep. it, it's a life-changing thought. It so, is. And I'll say this. If you, uh, you want to check out that sermon, from yesterday, it's called Unchained. And look, my stuff was was what it was, but the, the, the sermon is worth watching to watch the video at the end of it. I did a video testimony. Good. We've been doing video testimonies. Which we did one with you, Dad. And there's a guy named Randall who was in prison for, uh, he was a drug mule when he was a truck driver. And, you know, he, he got in, in prison, he became a son of God. So when he came out, he was on fire for, you know, prison mission. And now, does a lot. 
Oh, uh, in the prison ministry incredible. realm for, yeah, for Jesus. Angola, all these areas. He's, I mean, he's a go-getter. But, but that, that story was wow. So you got yeah, to gotta check that story because he tells about converting a guy who was out of a... He just shared Jesus with him, and he was... And a drug cartel from Mexico. He right? was the, one of the worst drug cartels in Juarez, Mexico. He was the leader of it. And some old boy in jail came over, and he said, what were you talking to him about? He said, I was just sharing Jesus with him. And he was like, do you know who that is? He said, no. He said... I mean, this, and then he told him who he was, and, and Randall said, "Well, I don't care who he was. He's talking about you know being yeah. a Christian now, so he becomes which, a Christian." Which goes back though to what we've been discussing today, <laughs> of not diversifying because we know how the prisons that we've all yeah. spoken in prison. You talking about clans? Everybody right. has their little clan, which is yep. the whole problem that's going on in the earth, and we're all fighting each other because you're not in our clan. Yep. But here's a guy in Jesus. Yep. Who he didn't care. He didn't care that, and, and he may lose his life for talking to this guy. And so he winds up. He was in prison because he was a part of a group of people that killed two border agents, and so he had two life sentences back to back. Never was supposed to get out of prison. But Randall said in the video that this man, the the biggest uh, amount of time that's been taken off a sentence in the history of the federal prison system was this guy. He got out because of his life change, establishes a church in Juarez. Hundreds of people are part of this church. Now, he's preaching the gospel. He's on fire. The cartel thought that the reason he got out was he must have ratted him out. So they executed him in front of his family and, 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 and a lot at of the his church. church. At yeah. his church. At the church where they met. And this happened less than a month ago. So I made the point. Uh, the yeah, it was I, a light. That's when you said that. That's when it hit me. I was like, I mean, this just happened. This is less than a month ago. Which, and, I, which, and I thought that this is real. Like yeah. the point I was making in the church yesterday, as we read these stories and we think, well, you know, this was a long time ago and people were getting killed for their faith. Well, they're still getting killed. Oh, yeah. Because of being a follower of Christ. And look, he was down on his knees. He said, he told his sister, he said, be sure and tell uh, Brother Randall, thanks for sharing Jesus with me. And then the church started singing Jesus Loves Me as they killed him. And yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, I was, I got chills. You know, oh, just, it was moving. I, it, was <laughs> it was moving. Someone said, I, even after they killed him, they just kept singing. Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they were telling you, you know, they tried to tell them to bust the church. They were just like the cartel was trying to treat them like these people were treating the early yeah. church. Look, his brother just stepped right into the pulpit and they're still going. I mean, they're not stopping. You know, they're just like, you'll have to kill us all. Mm. Which, I mean, for, all you, the... for all you folks that think this is a bunch of bull, you ought to pay attention That's to exactly this kind right. of stuff. That really just happened. One of the things you got to get over following Jesus, which because pride is the problem, is when you go from being a wolf in this world to a sheep, you're, you're vulnerable. Yep. And, you know, granted, you're going to die anyway, but... A lot of people have they view Christians as weak and well because we're sheep considered to be slaughtered. That's what Revelation yep. says. Because our God invented and created the calendar. Therefore right. it's really not that big a deal. And Jesus was murdered but then resurrected. Yeah. So so were we. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.